Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED ON and you'll get 20% off your next order. This is today's Monday episode of the Locked On Irish Podcast, your daily Notre Dame Athletics Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, we have a devastating injury, a player that is dealing with a a significant issue that we are going to address in the first part of the show, as well as some fantastic recruiting news. Lastly, another final player is invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Before we get into that, I am Joe DeLeon, former college football player and current NFL free agent, joined by Ryan Roberts, the uh, director of scouting with NFL Draft Bible, as well as an NFL Draft and college football analyst. So Ryan, this first piece of news that we have here was very unexpected. We're recording this on Sunday, and that was when um, we were able to get this information and react to it. Starting guard Tommy Kramer is going to be out against UNC. According to Pete Sampson, Kramer underwent an appendectomy and will miss the UNC game. So this is a serious pressing issue. This isn't a, like a guy that that banged up his ankle or something during practice. This is something serious. This is a medical issue. And you know, first first and foremost, wishing him a speedy recovery, hoping everything is okay with Kramer and that he's able to get back on the field and everything is okay with him. But this does serve a significant impact to Notre Dame's offensive line facing an underrated UNC team, a team that they need to come out and beat, already losing Jarrett Patterson. What do you see as um, the the impact, and how much more do you think this is going to stress Notre Dame's offensive line? Well, we talked about it, you know, for the last couple weeks, right? Like the obvious strength of this Notre Dame team is that offensive line. Jared Patterson was the least experienced player, and he had over 20 starts you know, coming into this game week this week. And obviously with him being injured, Jared Patterson speaking, the conversation we talked about this with Brian Driscoll was, what's the what's the fix going to be up front? Is Zeke Corral going to move into center? Is Robert Hainsey going to move into center? And then Josh Lugg's going to go to right tackle? What is the fix here? Is Josh Lugg going to go to center? Like there was a few things that were getting thrown out, but now that has really handicapped your ability to, well, I don't want to say handicapped. This, this has affected what the next outcome is going to be. Because the, the my my initial thought was when Patterson got hurt was that, hey, Robert Hainsey moving into center, Josh Lug has experience playing right tackle. Like that is a pretty nice opportunity, I think, because I don't think there would be a, a tremendous drop-off in that situation. But now it, it's going to be a situation now where who's going to play right guard with Tommy Kramer, a fifth-year senior out now. It's In my opinion, it's going to be Josh Lug. I think they're going to plug Josh Lug in the right guard. I think they're going to leave Hainsey outside and Z Corral, the, the retro freshman, the, the sophomore, is going to be put in at center. And it, dealing with one injury is hard enough. Dealing with two now and having two guys thrown in, because we've seen Josh Lugg play before and Josh Lugg's a good football player. So I'm not really worried about Josh Lugg fitting in at right guard. But now we're going to have a kid that has only played mop-up duty and in and, and some uh, lopsided victories so far in Z Corral who redshirted last year. So very limited opportunity. And I think it just prevents the flexibility you had a little bit up front. And then obviously for Tommy Kramer, right? We talked about him maybe being a senior bowl guy. It it stinks for him just because, you know, obviously he's having a solid season and the offensive line's rolling along a little bit. And then an apodectomy is, is something that's very, you know, 
sudden, something you can't prepare for. It's it's not like he did something and, and messed up something on the football field. Like it's something that's completely out of his control, which obviously stinks for him. And now Notre Dame loses a little bit of flexibility to what they can do up front with Jared Patterson already out. Yeah, this injury is just really bad timing. You talk about the one injury to Patterson, and then now Kramer is out of the mix. You highlighted all the really big issues here. You don't really know who's going to be slotting in. What makes this so frustrating right now is before we knew about Jared Patterson's injury, this was clearly the best offensive line in college football. They were graded very highly by pro football focus. And then suddenly, just like that, they are now out two starters. It's not really as easy to say that this Notre Dame offensive line is the best in the country now. They're having to replace two guys facing against a UNC team that they need to have a statement win against to finish off this season strong. UNC right now, I would argue, is probably their biggest hurdle for the remainder of the season until they have to play their final two games against Syracuse and Wake Forest. So this is a big game. They have to now go in with two less experienced linemen. Luckily for Notre Dame, they do recruit extremely well, so they're not going to be putting in guys that are low-quality players. They're just going to have inexperienced, talented guys stepping in for two guys dealing with uh, one a medical issue and then one a major injury. And I guess we can again put, put um, point a little bit towards the timing of everything. Uh, it, this one's obviously a little more sudden and something that you weren't able to prepare for for an extra couple of days, but they still had a little of the bye week for some extra reps, and now they have the full week of practice. So they'll have a guy right, and they'll have a guy ready. We've seen Josh Lugg fill in at right tackle last year when Robert Haynes he was out the latter part of the year, and he played very well according to Pro Football Focus and, and according to just the general eye. He had, a, he had a nice ending to the year, which is why you were – Kind of excited about the opportunity, maybe putting him at right tackle and moving Hainsey, an experienced player, inside. But it's just, you haven't seen Haines, you've seen Lug in at guard at points. And if that's the move, though, but you haven't seen a big sample size of that. And then he's a taller player fitting inside as well. But I think that Lug's going to be fine. I think the eyes are really going to be on Zeke Corral, though. Luckily for them, and Brian Driscoll talked about this a little bit too, right? The North Carolina defense has a guy like Chaz Surratt, who's very talented. Gamble, their other inside linebackers, are pretty talented football player. They have a couple guys in the secondary, but it's not a great defense. So if you're going to get your, your feet wet against a one of the teams on the remaining schedule and down the stretch, North Carolina probably isn't the worst team to face off against, even though they have a very explosive offense, and you're probably going to be pressed to scoring a lot of points this week against them. Coming up, we are going to be reacting to two new recruits coming to the University of Notre Dame. Before we get to that, though, folks, I would like to share a message with you from our sponsors, that being, you guessed it, Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all of the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need to be taking that moment to relax, shut down, and hit that reset button. That's why you reach for Coors Light. It is made to chill. I know that this past weekend I was dealing with some some car issues, some stress, and when I got back, it helped me relax and reset when I grabbed that Coors Light to watch whatever the remaining college football games were on. So when you're tuning in to Notre Dame this upcoming weekend and you're hanging out with your family or maybe during 
Thanksgiving, when you're waiting for dinner to start and you're watching the NFL games, sit down, relax, grab a Coors Light, and enjoy. Coors Light is the perfect beer for that therapeutic me time that is watching football. And with not every team playing right now, Coors Light wants fans to know that there are still plenty of teams and sports out there to uh, that allow you to relax and enjoy a beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport, especially football, and also especially Notre Dame, just to drink beer. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind, so when you're when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up later in the week, folks, we are going to have Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels coming on the show to share her thoughts and also a deep knowledge of the team, an underrated UNC team with Mac Brown as their head coach. There's a lot of really good athletes on this team, and we're also going to be later in the week, in addition to that interview with Candace Cooper, we are going to be our doing our full game preview. Just be prepared this week. We are only doing three shows because it is Thanksgiving Just like you need time off, we need some time off as well. So we're going to take Thursday and Friday off from doing shows. But that Wednesday show will serve as our pregame show to highlight everything that you need to know about UNC. So Ryan, though, let's get into this recruiting. Last week was such an active week for so many Notre Dame headlines. Brian Driscoll even joked about it, how we were both expecting this this week to be, this past week, last week to be a little bit more quiet. We were expecting it to be more laid back, maybe a couple headlines, but having to dig for for topics possibly. That was not the case. There was a ton of things going on. And I think the, the big one for me that happened at the very end of the week that we weren't able to squeeze onto our show that we're now bringing up is Blake Wesley, a four-star basketball recruit heading to Notre Dame. He committed to play for Notre Dame on signing day. He is a local player from South Bend. So this is a huge pull for a program that really typically doesn't get four-star guys. Yeah. And and obviously the four-star is the, is the big number that we're going to talk about there and getting a player like that, of that talent is notable. It's even more notable too, is you're keeping a guy right in your backyard at home. We need to keep those guys in state in South Bend, those talented players talking about Blake Wesley. And obviously he is a player that, I think he's going to have an opportunity to play pretty early because he is a, a gifted athlete, a gifted basketball player, and it's a huge get for Mike Bray, who has been known for maybe taking lesser prospects and really getting the most out of them, that type of coach. But for Blake Let- Let- Wesley, the talent level is not an issue at all, and it's going to be a really nice talent influx into Notre Dame and keeping one of the best players in not not only in the nation, but also the best player in your backyard to keep him at home in Notre Dame. Per rivals, this is a, a top 100 guy. Per 24-7 sports, he's rated as the 113th ranked player. That is a fantastic get for your basketball program. The one thing that you brought up, Ryan, that we have been really hitting hard on here, hitting home on with, with Blake Wesley, the key to good recruiting is not just going and getting those top quality players for any sport. You're not always going to be able to bag those five-star recruits. But for me, when you are a, a team that is looking to bolster your, your roster, you need to do very well regionally, especially when you have a guy that literally lives 
in the same town, the same area as your university. So to go and let this guy, get this guy to come back and stay and not let him leave to go play for maybe another Indiana program. Maybe he wanted to go play for the Hoosiers, which I believe he had an offer from. The fact that he is coming back and playing is is fantastic. It, it proves that you can still attract these local players, not only literally right in your area, but in the whole state of Indiana. Is just a huge precedent to set uh, for Mike Bray in this basketball program. The other one too, Ryan, we had another flip for the football program, and this is a, a big flip for me. You get ca- literally actually a big flip. Caleb Johnson, offensive tackle from Tr- uh, Trinity Catholic in Florida, three-star tackle, six foot seven, two ninety. He flips from Auburn. This is a fantastic player to be adding to this football recruiting class. And, and why does Notre Dame always have such a good offensive line? It's because they always recruit well at the offensive line. And literally a big get, like you said, six foot seven, <laughs> 290 pounds. He's got that frame, man, to build off of. You could, I mean, you look at him, too, and he is not filled out really at all. He could easily carry another probably 20, 30 pounds on his frame, which he will get to in that awesome Notre Dame uh, week program pretty quickly here. So very excited to add another talented offensive lineman in Caleb Johnson. And it's really nice, too, because – some people, you know, always come with, you know, oh, Notre Dame, you know, get in the five-star kids. The What really matters when we're talking recruiting is the offer list. And we just took a player, Caleb Johnson, that although he's listed as a three-star by most major sites, he was an Auburn commit. He was going to play SEC football. This is, an, this is a legitimate prospect moving forward here. This is a legitimate recruit. Taking, taking Caleb Johnson, getting him out of the South, Florida kid going to Auburn, potentially in Alabama. We're getting him to come up north into the cold and South Bend. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal for recruiting. It's a huge deal for continuing that offensive line pipeline that Notre Dame has created over the last few years. Yeah, and I think the big thing here is we had all of these early flips in the week. We're starting to see more and more flips. So the strong season with football is starting to have – more and more of an impact of as we've talked over the last few weeks of doing this show is when you have success on the field, you're not only going to be able to recruit those top level guys for future draft classes or sorry, recruiting classes rather, but you're going to be able to flip some guys that you are interested in to bring in as depth players, as guys that you want to develop into quality players. Ryan, I don't know about you, but I always get so excited when I see a, a six foot seven guy that's not even three hundred pounds yet. And he talked about how he doesn't look like he's fully filled in. Like this is a guy that looks pretty lean for two hundred and ninety pounds, which is absolutely insane to be saying about a, a prospect that is this big. Now, when you have a player that's six foot seven, you tend to have some issues with leverage and coming off the ball. With, with good height, it's usually a lot harder for them to stay low in their stance when they're firing off the ball and also in their kick setting. But I think that when you have a player that has this level of potential in terms of his size, that is just fantastic to add to your line uh, offensive line room and possibly turn him into a starter in a couple seasons if he, if he develops well. And what Notre Dame has been really successful for uh, at, I should say, over the last few years specifically, we look we look at this offensive line, we, obviously with Jared Patterson and Tommy Kramer still a part of it. All those guys are former offensive tackle recruits, you know? So that's how that works. We move we take talented offensive tackles and we move them inside to guard and then even to center in Jared Patterson's um, case. So you rarely ever see Notre Dame tra- take true center prospects, take true guard prospects. They take 
talented offensive linemen, and they make them fit, and they find the best five for their offense lines each year. And again, Caleb Johnson, talented, 6'7", um, has all the all the the traits that you look for in development as far as offensive linemen go. So just another exciting day for Notre Dame offensive line group. And hats off to Jeff Quinn for again pulling another nice get from south uh, from a southern state here, stealing them from Auburn and bringing them to South Bend, Indiana. Just to wrap up the the conversation here on on Caleb Johnson, that's a really good point that you bring up. And I think successful programs are going to go out and seek these very dynamic prospects that maybe are either a guard or a tackle and then seeing if they can play inside a guard, maybe even at center, because you'd rather work with a player that has good size, can move well. You're going to have a better mover with a, a recruit that is a tackle than a center. Typically when you have these center recruits, and it's not always the case. I mean, like the top 10, 15 guys aren't going to really fit this, but when you have guys outside of that range, the center prospects tend to be on the smaller side. They, they tend to be um, less quality movers. You end up getting a guy that's much better at snapping the ball and handling the middle of the offensive line, but you're not going to get the same level of athleticism and also physical makeup if you recruit tackle and guard prospects and try and move them around and see if you can move them inside and get more out of them. I would argue that's a big reason why Jared Patterson has been so successful and why he's going to be such a highly drafted center prospect in this 2022 class. We even heard, you know, about Jared Patterson potentially being the next left tackle next year when Lee Eikenberg leaves, right? So we're, we're just recruiting great offensive linemen at Notre Dame, and we're seeing how those guys fit. It's not a force, you know, it's not an easy transition. It's not, you know, just, you know, just taking a look at a guy and saying he's a true center. We're taking good offensive linemen, and we are in the old adage, right, is you want to play the best five. Notre Dame is always going to play the best five, no matter where they fit, no matter what body type. We've even heard about Josh Luck maybe moving into center, right, potentially this season at six foot seven, which is, would be absolutely ridiculous that that doesn't happen, you know. But Notre Dame, with their ability to recruit great offensive linemen, they have options of where they could put guys. It's not just, you know, pigeonholing a player to one spot. It's literally putting the best five on the field at all times. In a few minutes, we will wrap up with another talented offensive lineman heading to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Before we get to that, though, folks, we have another message for you from our sponsor, that being Built Bar. Ryan, you care to share that with our listeners? Well, we, we just talked about Caleb Johnson potentially developing here in the new future. What better way to develop than the best protein bar on the market. Of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. It's even more delicious than you remember with its new improved recipe. It has 18 amazing flavors, including both nut and non-nut flavors. The six new flavors, if you are, if you have not been around for a little bit, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. You can always go to the original 12 flavors if you're a traditionalist. Coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate cake, peanut butter, banana bread, mint mint brownie, salted caramel, coconuts, and my personal favorite, the absolute best protein bar I've ever had, peanut butter brownie. All bars are covered in a 100% dark chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy on the go. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in one of these delicious treats. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're also great for the keto diet. Some of the flavors, including peanut butter, have 
a total of 19 grams of protein in the bar, but are only 180 calories and only 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams net carbs. Coconut almonds, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, all these bars are both high protein, low sugar, low carbs. They're great for you. Built Bar has reset its promo code for the relaunch, so now with limited time offer, you get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. So take advantage of that opportunity now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. That's all capital Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Folks, if you haven't done so already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and stay up to date on every single show. If you're a new listener, definitely hit that subscribe button. And if you're a reoccurring listener and you like what you hear so far, please give us a review. We, we've we got about five right now, which is fantastic. But if you enjoy the show and you want to let us know that you like the show, please give us a five-star rating and some general feedback. It makes us feel better. It makes us know that we're doing things right. If not... We've got no idea what we're doing, if we're doing right or not, and, and if you enjoy the various topics that we've been hitting on. So, Ryan, on on Friday, I believe, was when this came up, and we, we keep joking about how every single time we react to a player being invited to the Senior Bowl, another guy gets invited right in the, in the, in the perfect timing where we can't bring it up on the next show. So we, we're always a little bit delayed in reacting to it. But uh, fear not, folks, we are reacting to the last most recent player, Liam Eichenberg, their left tackle, getting that invite to the Reese's Senior Bowl. This was one that I think neither of us are surprised about. We talked about how he made a ton of sense. He is the best offensive line prospect in the group. We were maybe speculating of when he would do it because he's a a more quiet guy. He's not a guy that's going to really try to promote himself on social media. We thought maybe he'd wait until the end of the season, but here he is end of the week instead he decided to space it out so he could uh he could stand out a little bit more but Eichenberg is heading to the senior bowl and and I I think Jim Nagy just has something against this man he doesn't want us to get this (laughs) breaking news in here but Jim continues to do a great job uh director of the senior bowl over there putting great talent down in Mobile this year if you would have asked me who was the most slam dunk player obviously with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa being a redshirt junior I would have said that it was Liam Eichenberg, the starting left tackle for Notre Dame. The craziest stat, and I, I always talk about this one, Zach Martin was a it was a redshirt freshman in 2009 for Notre Dame. Since 2009, every left tackle that has started for Notre Dame has been a first-round pick. Now, obviously, to, to continue that trend, is Liam Eichenberg a first-round pick? I grade him out in the second round. I... Am a little, I don't want to say lower on him because people are very high on him and second round pick is very high on him. I think that he has everything that you look for in a next level offensive tackle. He's got enough length. He's got enough athleticism. He is a mean dude. He is nasty. Absolutely. So there's a lot of things to like. I'm just not sure if he's the high ceiling prospect that might be, you know, one of these potential pro bowl tackles, one of these long-term left tackle prospects, but he's very good. And if he goes down to the senior bowl and he performs well, tests well at the combine, we might be able to continue that trend of Notre Dame left tackles to the NFL in first round. Again, talking about Zach Martin playing left tackle at Notre Dame, obviously an all-pro guard now for the Dallas Cowboys, right into Ronnie Stanley, right into Mike McGlinchey, and now Liam Eikenberg looks like he might be the next one in that incredible tradition and in that pipeline that they have going at left tackle. 
And just to help our, our listeners and fans of the show understand, we, we have a NFL draft background, Ryan especially, as I always open every show with talking about his his contributions to NFL Draft Bible. We also host the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects show. We do have to acknowledge that you know you brought up the recent trend that we've seen with these left tackles. He's not really on that same level of, of high-end upside as Ronnie Stanley. Zach Martin was a guy who got moved. Uh, Mike McGlinchey is a guy that got moved over to the right tackle. They were tremendous prospects uh, in terms of what, what they were bringing to the table. Eichenberg, I think, fits that mold of Notre Dame linemen that is technically sound. He's a, he's a mauler. He's a, he's a very aggressive guy. And I think he's going to be somebody's starting tackle. He's just not, I just don't see him being that that Pro Bowl, all-pro quality player, which is okay. It's okay to admit that he's going to be a second-round guy that steps in, starts, and contributes. He, remi- he reminds me a lot of Riley Reef that plays with the Minnesota Vikings now, starting left tackle. He played with the Detroit Lions. He's a guy that, from University of Iowa, Riley Reef specifically, very solid player for a long time. Has been a good left tackle for a long time. Has Can play right tackle if need be. Can play multiple spots on the offensive line. I just don't know if he's a... I don't think he's the greatest athlete in the world. And I don't think that he has, quote-unquote, star potential at the position. But I think when you look back on it, right? Like, you're going to lose track of time. And it's going to be eight years down the line. And and Liam Eikenberg's still your starting left tackle and doing a good job. Like He's just that type of player, like a Riley Reef, who does not get talked about at all, but he's had a decade-long now career of doing incredible stuff because he's just so rock-solid, and that's similarly to how I feel about what Liam Eikenberg can be. It's not always as cut and dry as this, but he also could be a player that might benefit from a, a swap to right tackle just based on with the situation that he goes in, if he goes to a team that already has an established offensive line but might need an extra piece, he could be one of those guys, too, that moves over, kind of like Mike McGlinchey did. He started out as a right tackle, and he did a phenomenal job because he was being asked to do different things than some of his weaker points. He was asked to be a little bit more of a, or, you know, when you make that transition, right tackles tend to be a little bit better run blockers. They tend to be a little bit more of the that Mahler role. So maybe he could be one of those guys that does a little bit better if he swaps over to to the other side. Yeah, I, I think he I think he actually probably would be, to be honest, because I think what, what Eichenberg does best, right, getting to the second level, being nasty. You'll see it, Liam Eichenberg blocks into the echo of the West, so that guy has a phenomenal effort. Pass blocking is pretty consistent, but you see moments of not great stuff on tape. Like when they play against Pittsburgh, even though they destroyed Pittsburgh, Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones, who are two NFL-level edge rushers, it gave him a little bit of trouble just because they're very athletic, and you can see athleticism bothers him a little bit. So I think stylistically and maybe you know from a personality-wise, he might fit right tackle well, and you might be completely right about that, Joe. But I think either way, no matter if he's a left tackle, right tackle, fits in guard eventually, whatever it is, I think this guy's a starting caliber uh, offensive lineman at the next level, and I think he's going to be damn good for some years to come. Well, Irish fans, that's all we have for you on today's Monday episode. Coming out of the bye week, we are getting close to Notre Dame's next matchup against UNC. Coming up, we are going to hear from Candace Cooper of Locked on Tar Heels, most likely on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, that show is going to be our dedicated UNC prep breakdown show so you know everything that you need to know about that talented team. There's a lot of names that are going to surprise you. 
a number of which are draft prospects this season, a number of which are draft prospects in the future. They have a talented roster. This is an underrated team that you really should not be sleeping on, not the typical UNC team. So stay tuned for that so you're fully prepared for Saturday's game. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnIrish, at Joe DeLeon for my account, and also at Rise, the letter N draft for Ryan's account uh, to get a ton of college football and NFL draft content. Um, Brian puts out a, a ton of great content. So if you want to follow him, please hit that subscribe button if you have not done so already. And this is your first episode, or maybe you've tuned into a couple and you really like it. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a review if you like the show so far. If you're looking for something else to tune into, as we do every week, I fully encourage you go listen to Locked On Tar Heels with Candace Cooper just to hear what she thinks of the game. Um, I'm not sure what specifically she's covering right now in terms of the Notre Dame game coming up, but if you want to hear the different perspective, I know that I've done that before when I was a, before I when I was a listener and I wasn't a host. I always like to hear the opposite perspective of somebody who's covering the team. So check out her show to hear her thoughts on this upcoming matchup against Notre Dame. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Thanks for listening.